Hey Weirdos! You probably know that I am the host of not only Weird Darkness, but also Church of the Undead, and Allegedly. Now, if you're not familiar with Allegedly, it's a brand new podcast that I am so honored to be a part of. Every week, it comes out with another true crime story, and it also stars Hollywood actors. In fact, this latest one has Charlie Clausen in the lead. Here's a quick sample of this week's Allegedly, and if you like what you hear and you want to subscribe to it, all you need to do is go to AllegedlyTrueCrime.com. That's AllegedlyTrueCrime.com, and you can subscribe to Allegedly. Here's a sample of this week's episode, Love Gone Wrong in the Philippines. I like this place. You meet people. Friendly sorts. I was going to order a beer. You want one? Around for all of us. You ever sit next to someone at the bar and they, they tell you a tale and you think, this bloke's either off his face or full of shit? Well, i got a John Dory for you. It's a story of a crime that happened to me and it's 100% true. Except for the names. I'm not going to use real names except for my own. All right? Cheers. I'm Jeff and I'm an Indigenous Australian. Up to the age of 38, I was a house builder, but with a bad back, I gave this career up and started a website to help promote various businesses. A direct mail business. What kind isn't important. I had a bad second marriage. It ended up after I learned she had a split personality, a kind of Jekyll and Hyde situation. At times, she was the most wonderful girl in the world. Other times, she was attacking me with a knife. I had to leave. I took a trip to Manila for a little reset. I went to see my old friend Vic. He was a Philippine movie star. He always played the bad guy, but he was anything but. I met him in Australia years before. I was also planning to do a bit of sightseeing. So after my visit with Vic, I headed to Cebu commonly known as the Queen City of the South. It's the second largest city in the Philippines, but not at all chaotic like Manila. I took the ferry. I stood on the deck, watching Manila slide past. The cool ocean breeze and bottle of complimentary champagne improved my mood. The ink on my divorce was still wet. Divorce number two, if you want to be technical about it. Say what you want about the first, no one would argue with the second. There's just so many times a bloke can be attacked by his wife with a kitchen knife. Most of the time she was sweet and as lovely as can be, but every now and then I'd find her speaking in tongues like she was possessed. I started hiding the knives, but that didn't solve anything. So here I was on a ferry a thousand miles from home. I felt like I was putting my troubles past me. Little did I know, they were just beginning. I was the only foreigner aboard the ship, which didn't matter. Everyone was so friendly. And just as I loved the Philippine people, I could say as much about the cuisine. After inhaling my adobo chicken, I noticed two women looking my way. Sisters, as it turned out, both beauties, but the younger one especially. She was 20, with the soul of someone twice her age. But I just saw a smile with enough wattage to power this ship. So I summoned up the courage to go over and introduce myself. I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Candy. I see. 
May I join you? As I sat down, her sister excused herself back to the cabin. Are you headed to Cebu? Bohol, actually, to visit my mother. I'm working in Japan, but I wanted to spend the holidays at home. She seemed so wholesome. We chatted and gulped down cold beers. I was starting to feel a little drunk. Candy was electric. I couldn't wait to hold her. Little did I know this would prove to be a decision that would bite me hard. We staggered back to my cabin and she stayed with me till morning. I was naive when it came to women. I was basically a country boy who spent most of his life on a construction site and I needed to learn the rules of love and courtship. There was a void of experience and candy filled it. She and I spent time together in the Philippines until she had to return to her job in Japan. When we parted, I was left with an empty feeling. She kept in touch with me after that and painted a picture of a living hell in Japan where she was dancing at a club. She said they forced her to take shibu, the methamphetamine. The sweet words over the phone made me feel Cupid's arrow penetrate my heart. Or maybe he was aiming a little lower. Before long, I was on a plane to Tokyo, then on the bullet train to Fukuoka, then Saga, where she worked as a japayoki. Later on, I would learn that meant something fairly close to a prostitute. She worked inside the club owned by the Yakuza, the Japanese mafia. They had her passport and were forcing her to work there. I got into a heated argument with the manager, but I managed to get Candy sent home to the Philippines after her replacement arrived. After my sweet Candy returned from Japan, our days together were great fun, but I soon started noticing it would always happen in the morning. As I said, I had little experience with women to that point, but as these bouts of nausea became more frequent, I took Candy to the doctor near our house. After an exam and some tests, he confirmed my worst fears. Candy was pregnant. Doctor, can she and I have a moment, please? Jeff, I know what you're thinking. You are the father. How did you know I'd ask? She looked at me funny. I mean, how do you know I'm the father? I haven't been with anyone else. You were a virgin? Not exactly. You either were or you weren't. I had one other man two years ago. You've only been with me and one other bloke. She glanced at the floor. When I turned 16, my mother told me, it's time to start working. I thought she meant getting a stall in the market selling jackfruit, but she handed me her stiletto heels. It didn't take long for me to meet a client. He took me into the cabin of a fishing boat. The man smelled of rotting bangos. I closed my eyes until it was over, and I had a few greasy bills in my hands. He was my first and last. I told my mother she could throw me out in the street. I would never do that again. I'm so sorry you had to go through that, Candy. I understand if you don't want to be with me now. Her eyes locked onto mine. They were all watery. I bought her story. Lock, stock and barrel. Idiot. Now, some might wonder why, beyond my naivety, I didn't press it further. On some level, I did want to be a father, the father of this child. Something like an abortion was never brought up by either of us, which is probably why I didn't push for a DNA test either. What started out as a disaster 
this unplanned pregnancy had turned into something I was really looking forward to. We were married in a shotgun wedding by a judge two weeks before my son was born. For the sake of this story, I'm going to call him Alan. The wedding itself was a joke. The judge turned up drunk three hours late. I wanted to give this marriage my best shot and give this girl everything. I bought a penthouse for us in Cebu. Life became better. We moved to Cebu and I hired a yaya, a housekeeper, like a, a nanny, to help out. That gave Cand and me time to have dinners, movies and dates outside the house. Everything was humming along great for a minute or two. Then one day my chest got tired and all of a sudden my throat was dry and burning and I couldn't hardly breathe. I thought I was having a heart attack. For a 40-year-old man, I was quite fit. A heart attack, it just didn't make sense. It was bad. I thought I was going to die. I was rushed to the hospital and diagnosed as having a panic attack. That also made no sense. Uh, Was I losing my mind? The same thing happened on two other occasions. I would learn the truth years later that uh, Candy was poisoning me. The Aya told me. You can hear the rest of this episode and the other episodes that I host of Allegedly by visiting AllegedlyTrueCrime.com. It's a podcast that I really believe in and I hope you'll get addicted to it as well. I'm honored to be the podcast's host. Again, you can find it at AllegedlyTrueCrime.com.